Hey, welcome to the Real Life Youth Podcast, where we believe in being more like Jesus. My name is Pastor Tate Stevens, and I am the student pastor here at Life Church. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless. Let's go. All right, Ministry of Defense. Today, what we're going to talk about is why we have free will. Everybody say free will. Do you, does everybody in here know what free will is? Can you raise your hand if you know what free will is? Good, you're going to find out. I feel like some of you did. You just didn't raise your hand because you're smiling over there. Especially with the anime shirt on, you're just smiling. I feel like you knew what it is. All right. Okay, so I'm going to give you a story. I don't even know if it's true. I just heard it, and I just want to talk to you guys about it. But Okay, so there's this guy. He's going around all these neighborhoods, right? And he's knocking on every door. And as he's knocking on every door, he, and if somebody answers, he says, hey, a so-and-so home. And if they say no, he leaves. So I'm like hearing this story. I'm like, all right. So then he goes to another door, knocks on it. And he says, hey, is, you know, is cat home? If they're like, no, he leaves. And he just walked down the street doing that to every door until he got to one of the houses that nobody answered at all. So what does he do? So nobody answers. He jumps the fence of their backyard and what, who he is, is he's a burglar and he's going to try to break into these people's house. So he's just like chilling in the backyard. He's walking around, he's walking around circles and he's just like, you know, kind of contemplating if he should do it or not. He's kind of thinking like, okay, should I break into this house? Should I not break into the house? Like, would I get arrested? Is it right if I break into the house? And then just boom, he kicks in the door and then he robs the house and then he gets arrested, Right. And then he ends up getting arrested because if you rob a house, you're pretty much going to get caught. But the guy ends up getting caught. So he goes to jail. He goes to trial. And they start asking the defendant all of these questions. Find out that he comes from a family of crime, comes from a family of drugs. And he himself was actually on drugs as he's knocking on these doors. And his lawyer says to the judge, do you think that he was really in the right mind? Like, should he really have to uphold like these, you know, this crime that he did? Because he really wasn't in the right mind. And the judge and the jury all said he had a choice and he chose to break into that house. So now he has to pay for that penalty. That is what we can call in a way free will. Is he chose, meaning he had free will, whether to turn away from those houses or to break in. God didn't force him to do it. God did not not force him to do it, if that makes sense. We have free will. Everybody say Galatians. Galatians. Chapter 5. 13. All right, that's where we're going. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 says that, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So to serve one another in love. So we're going to be talking a little bit about why we have free will. So we're going to be talking about why we have free will. And last week we talked about who created God, the origin of life, and how the universe was created. Everybody say universe. universe. All right. You guys remember me talking about an atheist and a theist? All right. Does everybody remember what a theist is? What? Believer. Yes. Look at you, Isabel. If I had like a free PS4 or something, I would throw that in the trash and give you an Xbox instead. Just saying. <laughs> all right. So last week we talked about all that good stuff about original life, who, you know, who created the universe and everything. But people who think of atheism as truth believe in 
a material, a material universe, meaning atheists believe in a material, material, I can't say that, universe consisting of space, time, and matter, and nothing created it. That's what an atheist really believes in, is somebody who doesn't believe in God, so they don't believe that there's a creator behind the universe. It only is physics and chemistry is what they really base a lot of their beliefs on. That's what atheists really believe is that, you know, physics and chemistry, they try to come up with explanations and all that kind of stuff. That, that's where a lot of their belief derives from. And atheists believe that our minds work together like a domino effect, which is kind of weird if you think about it. They think that our actions are not purely by our own, but triggered in a domino effect that one action results in another. So if you think of like dominoes, when you put them up and you tilt them and they just hit one another, they think that your one action causes this action, which causes this action, which continues to cause this action and then causes this action that we have no control over it, that it's just like, you know, the universe is causing us to do it. That's what a lot of atheists believe. And I'm giving you a history on that for a reason, but we know by evidence, everybody say universe again, is the universe is how a theist, or wait, by, we know by evidence the universe is not how atheists have described. When we read the gospel, when we you know, study scripture, when we see the scientific evidence, it is not at all even close to how an atheist will describe it. We actually require free will to reason between two ideas. And those two ideas are empathy and compassion to create artistically. To create artistically. Everybody say artistically. Okay, so when we look in the Bible, we need to understand that God has given us free will. People are responsible for their actions. And there's many ways that we can explain that. Um, one real quick I'll even say is like, people will say like, well, why doesn't God just force people to love him? Well, would you, like for me, would I want my, would I want to force my wife to love me? No. I've said that before. Like, you know, when you look at your parents, you're not forced, maybe some of you are, no, I'm just kidding. You don't want to force to love your parents. You want to be able to love your parents out of your true goodness of your heart. And that's exactly what God is like. He's not a God who's going to force you to love him. Otherwise, what's the purpose of us even being here? If everything was all perfect and everything was all holy and God's like, I'm going to force you to love me. Everybody's going to have a relationship with me. You don't get a say in it. There is no purpose for us to be here because everything would be perfect. That is not a God, though, that we serve, is we serve a God who gives us free will, who gives us the choice. So we are responsible for our actions. And when we look at what atheists believe today, they judge crimes and what is moral with, again, with itself proves itself wrong. So an atheist you know, says like, you know, they got these morals and the judgment system and all that kind of stuff of how they're, you know, committing or how they're, you know, trying to lock people up for all these crimes and stuff because they're like, yeah, it's not good. It's not good to murder somebody. It's not good to do this. But when you ask them by whose morals, by whose standards, they can't give you an answer. Think about that. By what moral and standards are they judging what is good and what is evil? For us, we know what it is. Does everybody know who, who's the creator of our morals and standards? God, yes. So when we look at, you know, that within itself, theoretically, if nobody created the universe or anything, there would be no moral standards. So then technically murder would be okay. Stealing would be okay. Punching somebody in the face or drop kicking them in the back of the head would be okay. 
that's, but we know by our human nature that that is not okay. You see, our free will points to an obvious source that someone has created us with a standard of morals between what is right and what is wrong. Everybody say morals. Say morals one more time. Parker, say morals. Dude, you said it a lot. I like it. Thank you. So do you think that it is wrong for us? Donnie, do you think it's wrong if I'd break into your house and steal your stuff? Yeah, you do believe that? Okay, that's a good answer. Do you believe, Kat, it's wrong? Do you believe it's wrong? Olivia? Okay. So those are called morals. That we have morals that is getting, that is getting based off of. By what moral standards are we judging this off of? And this is what we're going to go deeper into. Is You see that we have a just and a moral God who gives us this free will that we're talking about. And there is a feeling within us that we know that we are doing something wrong. So have you ever done something wrong and you feel bad about it? You know it's wrong in your head. That's the moral standards that God is giving us. If you said a lie about somebody and you hurt their feelings, you should feel bad. <laughs> if you don't, we'll pray for you. But if you, have you ever lied about somebody and then you felt terrible afterwards? I have. Nobody else has? I have. Okay. I'm not saying I do it now, but I have in the past. I've lied. I felt terrible about it. Terrible about it. Obviously went to the person because I knew what was right was to ask them for forgiveness. But you see this feeling within us is this morals that God has just created our DNA with. DNA with. And it's not because the government said that, hey, it's wrong to steal. It's wrong to murder. No, God tells us this. God created us this way so that we understand how much of a loving God that he actually is. So we talk about free will, and I'm going to talk a little bit sidebarred on a different topic, though, that's going to go with free will. And the other topic I'm going to hit on today is people say evil disproves the existence of God. That's what you'll hear sometimes, is evil disproves the existence of God. If God is such a loving God, why would there be evil in the world today? Have you guys heard that question before? You have? You can answer out loud, it's okay. Yes, okay. And if you haven't, that's okay too. But some say either, since there's evil in the world today, this is the excuses I have heard, is that he's not all powerful, meaning he can't stop it. Or he's not all loving, meaning God doesn't want to stop the evil of the world today. Or presence of evil demonstrates that he doesn't exist at all. Why would a loving God allow this stuff to happen? So God, does, God can't exist if there's evil in the world today. Honestly, this is a really tough topic to hit on. Everybody say 1 John 4, 8. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says that, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Okay, so what is God? Love. So God is love. This is honestly one of the toughest questions that I get is, why is there evil in the world today? You know, why is God allowing evil to happen? And honestly, it's an uncomfortable topic a lot of the times. But first of all, we have to know, before we really answer this question and we really dive into it, is we have to know that, uh, know as much as God to understand why God would allow any evil. Now, I'm not saying God is planting evil around the world or anything like that, but honestly, it would be truly impossible for us to know everything that God is obviously knowing. But a lot of times there are many reasons as to why certain things happen and we're not going to understand every single reason as to why things happen. So when we ask the question to God as to why he would allow evil, 
we have to understand a lot of factors that go into it. And I'm going to throw up a lot of these factors on the screen is we have to understand the role that eternity plays. The import, importance, importance of uh, free will, the definition of love, and the impact evil plays on either drawing us farther or closer to God. Everybody say closer. So to understand all of this can be very hard, which is why we need to study the context of what is this book? The Bible. We have to understand the Bible and we have to study it. So when I personally step back and look at evil and pain that I have endured over the years of my 34 years of life, during the moment that I've been through these experiences of like stuff that I am not understanding or evil, I get very angry because I don't understand. A lot of times me naturally, personally, uh, just my, just how I was designed is I can go quick to anger if I'm not understanding something. Not that I'm going to go punch somebody or something, but within myself, I just get like frustrated. I'm just like, why am I, not, why am I so angry? And one of the examples is when my dad got cancer. So my dad got cancer and I always thought, you know, my dad was going to live to be like 200 years old. Now he's still alive. You just saw him last week. But what I'm saying is when my dad got diagnosed with cancer, it was pretty aggressive cancer. And I remember thinking like, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Like my daughter was just born. You know, why is he have this cancer? I was so frustrated and I was just like crying out to God and breaking down in tears in the living room. I'm sobbing on my wife, my wife's soldier, soldier. So yeah. I'm sobbing on my wife's shoulder. Thank you. Yeah. Today's just one of those days for me, guys. But what's really cool is like, I don't understand a lot of this, this, what I thought, you know, was like evil coming into my dad, like the cancer that's taken over. But something you need to understand is my dad was atheist. So my dad was atheist. And now I look back and my dad is humbly serving the Lord serving in his church, doing all that. I baptized my dad before we moved to Utah here. And it's incredible. And honestly, God didn't give my dad cancer, but my God said, you know what? Your dad has cancer. I'm going to take something good from it. And my dad, or my, and God radically changed my dad's life. And now my dad is, dad is serving the Lord. See, sometimes we're not going to understand these situations during the moment, right? We're going to get frustrated. We're going to get irritated. And I remember that with my anger problems that I had that was way worse than it is now, I used to get mad at myself, being like, well, I was mad that I was mad. I'm like, why am I getting mad? And me being mad, and I'm getting more mad. And then it just keeps stacking. And I used to get so mad at being mad. But God really had just taught me a lot of patience through that season of my life. Now, everybody say Genesis 50, 20. It's the last scripture I got. Genesis 15, 50, 20 says that you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. I just really like looking at this part of the scripture because it's looking through like Joseph and his brothers and all that kind of stuff. But what it really looks at is, I mean, if you've ever really read the Bible and saw that the story of Joseph, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. He had every right to be angry, but God did something good from that situation with the story of Joseph. And when we look at Christianity, we know that our life goes beyond our years on earth. And we've, you remember us talking about that, that our life goes beyond years on this earth. That was like two weeks ago. But we go into eternity one way or another. We're going to go into an eternity that's amazing. 
where the streets are, you know, paved with gold and all that kind of stuff. Or we're going to go into one place where your marshmallows are going to get really, really hot and you're going to be burning up. Like, and it's just a bad, hot place. It's not a good place. It's uh, um, hell. You're going to go one place or another. We go into eternity and to think about our life on earth today, today, how short it truly is. There's still days that I'm like, some of them are going to laugh at me back there, but I'm like, man, I'm already, I'm only, I'm already 34. I'm already 34 years old. I felt like I was just graduating high school five years ago. That's how fast time goes. Trust me, when you guys graduate, it goes even faster. A day, I, my, my grandpa used to say, so I'm a hunter. We go or deer hunting, pheasant hunting, all that kind of stuff. And he used to, he always said, you know, it felt like it took three years for, for deer season to come. He says, now it feels like it takes three months, man. Life honestly guys goes quick but we know through god's word that we can have an eternity waiting for us in paradise and that to me sounds a whole lot better than being with all the um the other stuff that's just not fun but anytime we go through something that we consider is evil we need to look at the bigger context that's what i'm encourage you guys is if you are like seth is trying to hit over here whatever he's trying to do but if you guys are going through something in your life that you are frustrated with and you're not understanding why it's happening Try to take a step back. When you're in your room, in the living room, by yourself, whatever it is, just start praying to God. Say, God, you know, reveal to me why I'm going through this. Or God, give me a peace through this season that I'm going through in my life. Because trust me, a lot of people will say like, you know, you got to pray about it. You got to pray about it. You do. You got to pray. It's not a joke. A lot of people will say, well, that sounds cliche. No, you need to pray. You need to sit in a time of prayer with God and he's going to reveal to you a lot of times stuff that you're going through. It might be years down the road, absolutely, but he'll give you a comfort and peace with it as well. So why are we, you know, why do we go through these things? Again, like my dad's cancer, man. I was so frustrated with that. Our view on life and eternity is important in understanding the evils of the world today. I have no idea what you're doing with your tongue. <laughs> but you're just like... <laughs> Sorry. Our, our view on life and eternity is important to understand the evils of the world today. And there's something that, you know, evilness in the world today does do. And I'll get to that in a second here. But we have a loving God who sets his standards between what is good and what is evil, right? Just like when Satan was like trying to be God and like overthrow God and all that kind of stuff. That's when the evil really starts is when God cast down Satan, read your Bible, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go into that. But we have a loving God who sets the standards between what is good and what is wrong, which is why it is so important to understand free will in the Bible. So why does evil exist in the world today? Everybody say evil. Everybody say good. God is not saying, I'm going to cause harm. I'm going to intentionally cause evil in your life. But we have free will that God has given us and is up to us for what we do within that free will. And that to me is what's so crazy about a lot of the evilness of the world today is when a lot of people say, if you have such a loving God who is, you know, so loving and allowing evil, it's like, no, you guys got to understand free will. Like, it's really sad to say, but when you see these mass shootings that are just seem like they're happening like crazy today, that's not God causing that or allowing it. It's because that person chose to do it. They had free will. That person chose to do that evilness in the world. It's not God's fault. A lot of people want to blame God, and, it, it, and that's not true. God gives us free will. We, as the people, choose between good and evil. 
So when you wake up in the morning, you got a choice. You got to choose to do something good or you got a choice to do something bad. I hope you choose to do something good because the moral standards that God has instilled with us are going to kick in. If you say, if you say to somebody like, man, did you not feel bad for doing that? Like if somebody did something so evil and you're like, man, did you not feel bad for doing that? And they're like, no. I mean, deep down inside, deep down with how we were designed, they knew it was wrong. They knew stealing was wrong. So we need a true standard of good to recognize anything that is evil. So we need to, we need a true standard of good to recognize anything that is evil. So when you have these people who don't believe in God, when you have these, and I'm not saying that they're bad people, so I don't, I want to get that straight right away, is when you got like, I, I have some friends who are atheists. I got brother-in-laws who are atheists. I'm not saying, I love them to death. But what I'm saying is the way that we look at this in the world is a whole lot different because realistically, if you do not believe in a creator, you do not believe in God who designed us with morals, they have no standards to base anything off of when it comes between what is good and what is bad. That is why evil in our universe actually shows us the existence of God. Think about that. Because without standards of moral perfection, evil doesn't exist. If God didn't create us with moral standards, evil doesn't exist. Evil wouldn't be a thing. It is really crazy to think that we have a, you know, we just have such a big God who is so amazing that with these moral standards in our life, we can know what is right and what is wrong. But without that perfect creator, without that God who designed us with this DNA that every one of us is different, we would not have a standard between what is good and what is evil. So I do want to challenge you guys on that. If you ever get somebody who says something like that to you of like, why does God allow evil in the world today? Try to use something like that. Say like, well, what do you base your morals off of? What do you base what is right and what is wrong? Like, how do you do it? Every time I have encountered somebody who has asked me that question, they cannot give me an answer. Man, it, it's been probably upwards to about, I was counting the other day, about 70 to 80, probably seven, between 70 to 80 people I've had that discussion with over my years. And every time I've answered that question, I've gotten this many answers on what they base their moral standards off of. Evil points toward the existence of God. I know it's like a weird way to think about that, but evil points towards the existence of God because again, it sets up the moral standards that God designed us with. Now everybody say morals. Now everybody say standards. Okay. So what I want to just encourage you guys continuously to just really look into God's word, to really just study scripture, look up apologetics. There's amazing apps out there. Like I said, this series we're going to be throwing at you guys is going to be a lot of information coming at you. But it's important to understand the apologetics. It's important to understand the creation, origins of life, all of that. It's important. It's important not just for the world to know it, meaning like others around you to know it, but it's important for you yourself. Because trust me, when I've been in a deep study with this kind of stuff over these years, Man, it has built my faith so, so much stronger than what it was ever in the past. Now, yes, I am the guy that stays up at night and I'm watching like, you know, the Christian atheist debates because I think it's fun. 
I don't care if you make fun of me for it, but I do. I think it's fun. It was literally like 1.30 in the morning the other day, and I was like, oh, wow, I should probably go to bed. And I'm watching a Christian debate between Ken Ham and Bill Nye, the science guy. But anyway, so I just want to encourage you guys, like, honestly, some of this stuff is crazy. Like, they, they walk through the arc, and they debate the arc. I mean, like, it's crazy. It's fun. So, all right. So I'm going to wrap this up. I gave you guys a lot of information today. So everybody bow their head, close their eyes. And I'm just going to pray for you guys. I'm going to pray over two things today, actually. I only prayed over one last week. Um, If you're in here tonight and you have never actually given your life to God and you've never said, God, I want you to make Lord of my life. I want to live solely after you. Can you put your hand in the air? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Man, it's important giving your life to Christ, guys. It's, it's, It's just so important. And the second thing is, is if... You just want God to give you like knowledge, want, want, give you an understanding of the scriptures in the Bible, but you really want God to put a desire on your heart for that because sometimes you struggle with it. Can you put your hand in the air for, as well? I'm going to put my hand in the air for this one too. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to pray for the first thing first. All right. So father, we just, first of all, we just come to you, God. God, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our past. And we understand, God, that we were not made perfect, God, but we just pray that every day that we live after you, that you will just make us better and better every day. Father, we just believe that you sent Jesus to this earth to give us a new life, to die on that cross, and we receive that, God. We believe that Jesus died on that cross and rose again to give us new life so that one day we could be in paradise with you. So God, just thank you for the amazing God that you are. And from this day forward, God, we just give our life to you, seeking seeking humbly after your heart to transform ours. In your mighty name we pray, amen. All right, I'm gonna pray for the second thing. Father, we just want this desire and this passion in our heart to be able to just gain as much knowledge as we can. Sometimes we know, God, that we just, we struggle with it. We struggle picking up the Bible. We struggle studying the word, but put a passion in every student's heart in this room tonight that they will want to understand the scriptures, that they'll want to understand apologetics, that they want to understand where everything is coming from, how it was made, how it was formed, and the understanding of good and evil in this world. So we just pray over the students, leaders, everybody in this place, everybody in Life Church community, that you just put a passion in their heart to live after you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. All right, all right. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. I hope this message spoke to you. And if it did speak to you, you can reach out to us at lifechurchutah.com or any of our social media platforms. And we'd love to connect with you. God bless and have a great rest of the day.